Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Guys Who Law. I'm Jesse. I'm Andrew. Today we're doing something very different. Andrew and I sat down and we said to ourselves, you know, who would we want to represent in history? We're both lawyers. Yeah. Like, we both don't, you know, practice and represent clients all the time and go to court. Um, but it's part of our life all the time, like none of the time. <laughs> yeah, well, not for me. I do a little bit. Yeah, um, I mean, when I when I practiced, I didn't have any of these kinds of cases. <laughs> so we we basically went through history, and we said, what cases would we love to be a part of? And we picked some of them. Uh, we picked different ones, you and I, and then we agreed on one in the end. I'm not going to spoil anything now, but I think you can guess which one we both wanted to be a part of. Uh, so let's start off about some cases. First up. You know which case? You know which guy I would love to have represented? Who? Bill Clinton during his impeachment proceedings. So, do you remember when the House voted to impeach President Clinton for perjury and obstruction of justice for lying and trying to cover up his affair with Monica Lewinsky? Yeah, I think I remember that one. Well, if you did, <laughs> it's either because you weren't born, and uh, you know. By the way, just to tell you something. So, yeah. So the House voted to impeach him. Then it went to the Senate for a trial to determine if they're going to remove him. Mm. I was so young when this happened, I didn't even know what it was about. Like, I remember when it happened, I didn't know anything about a blue dress. I didn't know what it, I just remember watching it on Saturday Night Live. I yeah. Like, I don't know what this means. Yeah, I think I, I just remember the name Monica Lewinsky. And I guess I didn't really know what actually happened at the yeah. time. I was really young and not so later, I guess. I, now I know what exactly happened. I, I kept on conflating it also with like, Figure skating for some reason because her name sounds like Tara Lipinski. And Monica Lewinsky <laughs> does sound like a solid figure skater. Yeah. So I thought there was some correlation there. <laughs> but anyway, so this was a huge moment in our history. And um, this, in, this trial, which was in the Senate, I would have loved to represent Bill Clinton. And I'll tell you why. First up, and this is something who, that, who represented him, first of all. He had a whole series of lawyers, like a whole team that represented him. Um, even Emmett Flood is somebody that he had consulted with during the impeachment proceeding who then like went into the Trump uh, yeah. uh, whole scandal. So but anyway, the thing is, first of all, and I'm going to mention this for a lot of the different people that I wanted to represent, Bill Clinton's probably a fun guy to hang out with. Imagine, like, talking to him on a day-to-day -day basis. I, I mean, just like, think about that. Jesse, relax. Yeah. I, can't, I can't do it with his accent. I but. mean, just think about what it's like to talk to him for five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I would I believe anything that he said. Yeah. But just away from that, this was awesome in the sense, like, an impeachment trial. This is unlike any other trial you would have ever been a part of. It's not a courtroom. There were no witnesses. Is this considered, considered a trial even? Well, here's there, the thing. Yeah. Like, impeachment's not really a legal proceeding. It's more of a political proceeding. Right, but yeah. it is set up like a, a trial. So, yeah. first of all, you got the chief justice of the Supreme Court, who was Rehnquist at the time, who's like the presiding judge. You got all of these um, managers, all of these uh, senators who be then become prosecutors. You have Clinton's defense attorneys. And what they do is they basically make arguments over a long period of time about why there should be uh, impeachment and removal and why there shouldn't be. Uh, they didn't call witnesses. They brought out, you know, when he they said that he allegedly lied uh, during that grand jury testimony. Then there was a back and forth about what the law is. They took questions from senators about, you know, it's just so different from what a trial is. So if I'm sitting here and I'm a lawyer, I'm like, 
my gosh, when would I ever have another opportunity, A, to represent the president of the United States in probably the most important legal proceeding of the day? Because there's only the, the only impeachment they ever had was Andrew Jackson like a hundred years ago. So, so I have a question, though. When you see these hearings on TV, yeah, usually it's the person who's being accused who's who's speaking the most. I don't really see the attorneys like for them speaking that much on television. So like, You mean like a normal trial? No, like an, like an impeachment hearing. I've never seen. I, I haven't seen. Well, you it. haven't really had it. Yeah, I've mean, seen this it. Is like the one time. But like, would you actually be speaking a lot? Like, or well, I'd be speaking more than anybody. <laughs> and mostly, it's not even witnesses. It's me making legal arguments. I mean, their whole thing was what he did was wrong by having a sexual relationship with Monica Lewinsky. Uh, but you know, and maybe not telling the truth about it. But honestly, it didn't hurt the American people. It didn't hurt the national interest. It doesn't. Uh, fall under the criteria of impeachment. It's not a high crime and misdemeanor, which I love because nobody even knows what, what impeachment is. Nobody knows what the standard is to remove a president. Even today, when we were covering everything about Trump, nobody knows what it means. Yeah. So you're sitting there, you're basically making the law. You're arguing. It's, it's novel issue. Nobody would ever do it. Um, and I, I, first of all, it also tells you how far can a president go before he's removed? You know, people that were anti-Clinton were like, all right, so this guy lies. And he's not removed. I guess that's not a basis. Well, was that for considered it. lying? He said, "I did not have sexual relations with yes. that woman." Yes. What's considered sexual relations? Well, he also denied even during a deposition in a civil case, he denied even hanging out with Monica Lewinsky. Right. That's so, lying. so, that's so lying. he lied. I mean, yeah. it was there's a strong argument he lied. Yeah. So the articles of impeachment, uh, they were both defeated. Forty-five senators voted to convict on perjury. 50 on obstruction. It didn't meet the 67 senators, the 67 votes you needed to actually remove him. Pretty close, but not quite there. Mm -hmm. And it was all based on party lines at the end of the day. Maybe a few were convinced by the legal arguments, but can you imagine hanging out with Clinton, representing him, the whole world knowing? Who would who would play me in an SNL skit? Um, I'm trying to think. Tom Cruise, maybe? <sighs> I'm, I'm not kidding. That could be, a good, be great. that could be a good that one. Would, they bring him on like a surprise. Everybody claps. Oh my God, <laughs> uh, I was walking on the street the other day. I might have said this on an earlier podcast, but I'll say it again because self promotion is all I do. Yeah. And a guy's walking on the street and he says, Oh, shoot, Tom Cruise. I remember, you remember that. Just, you kind of do look like him a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> We're also similar in height, not similar in Scientology. Uh, all right, so that's my first case. That's What's a, it's a, yeah, that's a good one. Come on, representing the president, representing Bill Clinton, he and yeah. I'd be friends. To so, so, so let me take. I'm gonna give you some hints. You can take a guess at what right. the case is. So, okay. case that happened. It happened in the last ten years. Anna Nicole Smith. No, that's right. actually a good one. I didn't think yeah, of that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, guy was involved in sports. Has to do with sexual assault case. Uh, Larry Nassar. No, but also good guess too. Oh, I know what this one is. Yeah, Sandusky. Yes. Okay. So Jerry Sandusky, former defensive coordinator for Penn State. Let me make sure you don't want to represent him, right? No. Yeah. Let's make clear. I want to be part of the prosecution of this okay. case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do not want to like, represent Jerry Sandusky. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna be like, oh, I wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. He was. So he was uh, accused and convicted of sexually abusing uh, ten boys. Over a 15-year period, while he was defensive coordinator for Penn State, um, this was all over the news. Then it was everywhere. There was a civil trial, also. Then it was a criminal lawsuit, criminal trial, um, and he was put he was put away for many, many years. But um, to me, you know, 
this is a guy who just like is the the epitome of 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 like a horrible person. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, there's times I wonder when I cover these cases as a prosecutor, do they feel kind of ambivalent about who they're going after? Like, Here, this is a clear cut case. I would just want to crush him. Yeah. And not only because of what he did to, but like I am also a Michigan fan. And, I was just about and, to say that. I and, knew you were bleeding uh, maize and blue yeah. right now. And then said. Penn State's part of the Big Ten. Like, yeah. I want to crush him. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think you did. Uh, you, you would. They. Uh, how long is he away for? 30 to 60 um, years, he, I think? Would, what would you say in a closing argument? So, again, a closing argument is basically your last attempt to – persuade this jury one way or another and you go out you can you can make an argument you can be as fiery as you want what would you say i'm gonna try to put a face on on these victims i mean yeah. that that's part of the reason why i want, I want to be a part a part of this case to you know to give some uh i i don't know what to call it vindication closure i, I don't even think you can get it after going through that right but you know, just try to make some sort of right from the horrible situation mm -hmm. that these kids went through at such a young age. And as a prosecutor, you are spending years on this kind of case. Yeah. You've interviewed all of the victims. So imagine having that fuel and then you go forward and go after him. It's amazing. I mean, it is probably impossible being his defense attorney because I remember when we covered the Larry Nassar case, very similar situation mm -hmm. there, a guy who abused dozens of young women. Those defense attorneys were getting threatened about representing yeah. him. I mean, representing Jerry Sandusky. When you told me that, I was like, "Oh wait, don't, I don't you don't want to represent him, right?" Yeah, because that's an impossible situation. But you talk about the face of evil. That's the face of evil. Yeah, I mean, he's convicted. He's away now for probably the rest of his life. Um, doesn't seem like a good dude. Would it change if it was at the University of Michigan? Would you want to prosecute him? Yes, I, uh, because we got to clean that. We got to clean that out. I don't yeah. want someone like that associated with my school. Of course not. Are you kidding? No. But yeah. again, this was Penn State. Yeah. Uh, horrible case. Horrible. And uh, Al Pacino played a very good Joe Paterno. I will tell you that much. Yeah. Well, you saw that movie. Yeah. So there was a movie on on uh, the Jerry Sandusky case on, what was it, HBO? Yeah. Or they it made HBO? it seem like he didn't know what was going on, but kind of did. I don't know. It's, it's funny. I just kind of hinted it right now. Two of my cases, Al Pacino has been in movies about those cases. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Two, two of that. the cases that I, I picked. Okay, yeah, I'm curious yeah. about the next one. Uh, yeah. All right, so let me, go to, let me go to one. Yeah. A lot of people might not have known about this one. I actually covered it on Long Crime, one of my favorite cases. You know who I'd love to represent? Magician David Copperfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so David Copperfield and the MGM Graham were sued by an audience member who actually got hurt during her participation in a magic trick. Uh, it was a vanishing act where the audience members are suspended in a seated box over the stage. Uh, the cover goes on the box, and then they all disappear. This guy gets hurt because uh, his name's Gavin Cox. He actually sues the civil trial began in 2018. Um, and he basically says that these, you know, during the course of this trial, you'll learn how the magic trick happened. All the audience members are actually uh, rushed by stagehands to the back of the theater, like around the area. They go through a hallway, um, and, and then they reappear uh, back in the, the, the theater. So a jury actually came back and found that while David Copperfield and MGM Graham were negligent, they actually weren't liable and they didn't have to pay anything out. They said Gavin Cox was 100% at fault for his injuries. But here's the thing. This, this trial gained a lot of attention 
because not only was it David Copperfield, but you're also learning one of his major magic tricks. He actually stopped performing in 2015. That's got to be like the main reason why you want to represent him. Okay, so I thought about this. Number one, I want to go. You talk about hanging out with people. Yeah. What do you think it's like hanging out with David Copperfield? He's probably a weird guy, i got to be honest. Have you seen him testify? It was amazing. He basically seduced the entire courtroom with his eyes and soft voice. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, this it. guy was putting on a performance in the courtroom, and I, I would have – he was talking so slow, and, like, they asked him, he goes, well, if I did something wrong – me personally, <laughs> I'd be at fault. And did that little David Copperfield smirk. Yeah. Want to hear a funny story about David Copperfield? Yes. My mom was in Las Vegas. She's playing the slot machine. And all of a sudden, somebody goes by her and whispers, happy birthday, Susie. And it was actually my mom's birthday. And, and who she, was? And she wins? It was David Copperfield. And he smi- did a little smirk. I was like, wait. How'd he know, how do you know that? So one answer is magic. Yeah. The other answer is when my mom's card was in the uh, slot machine, yeah. it had like happy birthday Susie on it. Oh, like, yeah. like the little ticker was going by. <laughs> but I like to believe he didn't see it and it was magic. That's kind of like creepy. Like he's just like looking at people in the casino <laughs> trying to find like random things that he can like I mean, do a got, magic He's got on. one performance a day. What's he going to do for the, <laughs> the rest like, of the eight hours? <laughs> he walks around. How cool would it be if you're walking around and David Copperfield just comes up to you and be like, he comes up to you, Andrew, and he goes, flies down. And he just walk away. Down, and he just Andrew. keeps walking away. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> imagine representing him, and we have him in my office. I'm like, all right, David, let's go through the facts. And I turn around, he's just gone. He disappeared. I'm no, like, if oh, I, if, where's if, David? David? If I represented him, I would be like, well, just like so I have a full picture of this case. You're gonna have to go through every single magic trick that you do as part of your, you know, just as, as part of your night, and just tell me how you how you do it. Attorney client privilege. You wouldn't be able to spell it. Yeah, you ha- would. Yeah. He tell you? No. He wouldn't tell you. He wouldn't tell. It's part of the magic, counselor. <laughs> that's how but, that, I but that's what I feel like you want out of him. I do. First of all. I don't know if you're going to get it. I would have loved to represent him because, honestly, amazing case. You're talking about a magic trick. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And by the way, I'm a defender of magic. I'm the Hogwarts of law. <laughs> all right? I defend magic at all costs. I don't want people knowing the secrets. And they, the, his defense attorneys actually tried to make it a closed hearing so that nobody, the world, the public at large, wouldn't know his magic tricks. Yeah. They they lost that. So they, did he out. not do this trick anymore? After? He doesn't do this trick anymore. Yeah. But how do you make the Statue of Liberty disappear? How do you do that? Yeah. How but, do you do it? But he didn't do He did it on TV, right? He didn't do it like in person. Like people. I don't know. Saw. I don't represent him. This is the one of the, I wouldn't want to know. David, we got to talk. Like, I'm pretty sure he didn't make the Statue of Liberty disappear. I would. I don't even know if I would accept payment. I would probably accept him teaching me magic so tricks. So you're pro bono. Yeah. Like, you know, you teach me a magic trick, or, I file a motion for you. Or you, he invites you to, he allows you to come to all of the shows for free. I got something even better. Yeah. What happens if he puts a voicemail on my phone, so you call my phone, but it's David Copperfield. Hey, this is David for Jesse. Make sure to leave him. Vo- you know, make sure to leave a message <laughs> and have a magical day. Oh, magical day. That'd magical be nice. Day. Wow. I mean, I'd, that'd be great. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's a civil case, too. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's not a really tip brutal case yeah. or murder case. This is a fun it's like per, This trick. is a personal injury case. Yeah. The guy got really hurt, though. Yeah. He was in the hospital. He had $400,000 in medical bills. So serious aspect to the case. I do feel for him. But at the same point, you really going to blame David Copperfield? You're yeah. going to blame the MGM Grand, which I absolutely love? You're going to blame <laughs> Vegas for this? What happens in Vegas so. stays in Vegas. Exactly. So that was I would definitely want to represent him on that. All right. Well, so my next case is a bit different. 
Um, it is Obergefell v. Hodges, which Whoa. is the uh, the gay marriage case that oh uh, okay this, it went to the Supreme Court and uh, you know f- in, in its most basic sense legalized gay marriage so that in every state you can get married um, uh, the gay, gay couples can can get married um, so before before that some states had legalized it but others had not so uh, a couple had wanted to get married in one of those states that w- was not legal. Um, they brought a case, constitutional case, and uh, they, it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, and the Supreme Court eventually ruled that, uh, that that gay marriage needed to be legal constitutionally across um, all, all of the states. Why would you want to be a part of it? Because you'd be like in a landmark case, you'd be in front of the Supreme Court. I think this is like the civil rights case of our generation. Mm-hmm. Like there was other civil rights cases, other uh, past generations for like women's rights, black rights. Right. Like I think this is our generation's civil rights c- case. And, we're gonna, and people are going to look back on it and be like, how is this not legal? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, before this case. And who's Sorry. Andrew and, Icebrook? And, and Andrew Icebrook was the one who brought this through the system. By the way, I will be, re- I was, rep- you know, I'm not representing the... Yeah, the, yeah the I don't guy. think you're representing the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you just want a Wikipedia page written about you. Yeah, I think David Boyd is representing them in the oh, wow. Supreme Court. There's probably well, other who, lawyers. Explain to the audience who that is. He's like a very, very prominent lawyer. You ever notice that the really prominent lawyers get their own Wikipedia pages? Yeah, this, t- this, this could have been my Wikipedia. Exactly. Yeah, no, that, imagine, I mean, it would have eventually happened where this this ruling would have come down, but to think, like, I think you made a really good point. Imagine 50 years from now when people are like, oh, I couldn't imagine a time when it wasn't allowed. Yeah, and you were involved in that case that changed people's lives. Yeah. Like, ton, tons and tons of people couldn't get married before this who wanted to. Right. Um, and because of this case, they could. It really, like, changed Changed the world. I mean, changed that our country. Yeah, and yeah. I think you want to talk about a case to make good arguments in. That would be the one. Yeah, I would just feel like so strongly about this case. Like, come on, guys. Like, I seriously, yeah. I'm right. Come on. I don't even need to explain the law to you. Would you be nervous arguing in front of the Supreme Court? Because we've done mock trials before. Yeah. I've done it, and I'm like nervous in front of the professors who are pretending to be the judges. Of course, I'd be nervous. Court. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I think like I have like so much adrenaline that like. I, Make sure that I get it out right. Um, <laughs> you actually throw it at the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up! Don't you see what I'm saying? And then I like, interrupt you every five seconds. Yeah. Who would be the most intimidating justice? Um, Ginsburg. Imagine her staring you down. Yeah, m- maybe. Um, I'm, sure I'm trying to go through them. Mm. Kavanaugh now? Or Matt Damon's version of Kavanaugh? <laughs> <laughs> Kavanaugh might be pretty intimidating. Not- I, who's the least intimidating? I don't know who the least is. Gorsuch. Gor- he seems like a nice guy. No, Roberts is the least intimidating. Yeah, he's nice. Yeah. Thomas. I, honestly, like, Kagan could be kind of intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Being questioned is so scary. Yeah. I kind of like it. It's like you just think on, the, on, think on your feet. Yeah. And, uh, and if anybody doesn't know, if you ever read the uh, briefs, if you ever read the court... Uh, the court, if you ever read the court transcript from Supreme Court proceedings, it's fascinating because they ask the best questions from both sides. Even if you somehow believe the the plaintiff side or the defendant side, 
the questions they ask, you would have no idea which way the Supreme Court is leaning, the justices are leaning. They ask such pointed questions that make you, they're like, well, you make this point, but what, what about, why couldn't it be this? And you're like, wow, that's a, that's a really good point. That's why, that's why they're Supreme Court justices. That's why they're Supreme Court justices. All right, so for my next one, this might not have been an obvious one. Let's go back to the 90s. Ooh. To our good friend, Mr. John Gotti. Oh, right. mafioso. Mafioso. Now, he was the former boss of the Gambino crime family, went on trial in the 90s for numerous charges, including racketeering, murder, tax fraud, and conspiracy. In 1992, he was found guilty. He was convicted, sentenced to life in prison. Um, now, I got to tell you, all right, there is a fascination with the mafia. There's something so mystifying about it. And today, the mafia is still prevalent, mostly in the Northeast, but not as much as it was in the 80s and the 90s. Now we're kind of seeing trials. We see El Chapo. I guess that's the big thing. But could you imagine being a part of the John Gotti trial? And by the way, I'm representing him. Yeah, you're, you're protected for life. Oh, yeah. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, you know. Which side do I want to represent in the John Gotti trial? <laughs> hmm. Do I want my car blown up? Do you, do you want a uh, head? I'm not going to be the state on this one. What would be my nickname if I'm the, the Gambino crime family lawyer? It'd be like, analyze this. What would be my crime? What would be my name? I'd be the consigliere of the, the family. Yeah, nobody's messing with you. Nobody's messing with me. Nobody. Teflon Don's counselor? This is that guy. No. Don't yeah. mess with that guy. Yeah. You don't want to talk to him that way. No. Can you imagine what I, the perks I would get? Yeah. Imagine the suits. Yeah. I'd get into any restaurant. It would be amazing. Can you imagine hanging out with the mafia? How, how like, would you, like, change the way you acted around them? Would you, like, try to act a little cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you think no one would mess with me. I yeah. mean, honestly, that would be an amazing It kind of reminds me of that that movie with, with Matthew McConaughey. Doesn't he, like, represent some, like, I don't know if it's gang or mafioso, but, like, they, he's a defense attorney, and they're, like, very protective of him. I think you're talking about the Lincoln lawyer. Maybe maybe it is the Lincoln lawyer. I don't know. I don't know. It was either that or the high time to kill. The one when he was with Samuel Jackson. But no, that was that one. Imagine representing a mafia boss in the yeah. height of the 90s. Yeah. I mean, that is just the trial to be a part of. And also, let, let's just... So at that one point, Gotti kept getting off. He was the Teflon Don. He was kept being tried and acquitted and acquitted and acquitted by the yeah. same... So if I'm going to handle his last case, I'd be like, all right. But this me, is a win-win. But let me ask you this. You represent them. You're, like, with them for life. You're not... There's no out, of, like, from their family anymore. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back They're, in. You're, like, married to them for life. Do I need another client if I'm representing... Gotti. John Gotti? Do Just, I really even need to do anything else? <laughs> as long as you don't wrong them. Well, here's the thing. I mean, there is a danger that I could be part of a criminal conspiracy myself. <laughs> Whatever. You know? <laughs> it's fine. You know, I'll look the other way here and there. But no, I mean, I could be a, actually, you know, implicated and probably brought up <laughs> on charges myself. But what a life I've led. I just think of the Godfather's uh, um, attorney. Tom Hagen. Yeah, Tom Hagen. Yeah. Tom Hagen. Yeah. I mean, that is an interesting client to have. And you get to go after some pretty prominent people. So in his trial, Sammy the Bull Gravano, who's like this murdering psychopath, actually... Um, turned sides and testified for the state, testified about nine days and testified against Gotti, I'd have the opportunity to cross-examine him. The only time in my life I'd be able to tell this, this guy, you're a psychopath, you're a rat, 
you know, if I said that out any other time, I'd be murdered. So the good yeah. that gives me this courtroom gives me an opportunity to go after this guy. Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, that'd be cool to represent the mafia. By the way, I'm not condoning, you know, the murder, crime, mur- murder, bribery, yeah, <laughs> murder. But you know, I just remember the good old times of mafia murders. You know, at a restaurant, yeah. a little ga- drive-by. I mean, is it as cool as like we see all, we see it in the movies? But like in real life, is it is it as cool as it? <sighs> you know, Andrew, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's just it's probably not as glamorous. As no, probably not. As Although we just saw recently, wasn't there a mob killing? That was out in, like, Staten Island. Was there? Yeah. You know, I don't think it's as glamour. I mean, I'm not a part of it. No. (laughs) I'm the lawyer. I deal with it afterwards. (laughs) But uh, I got to say, that would have been quite – I mean, can you imagine me? You go to my office. I got a picture of me and Gotti. Gotti. (laughs) You know, like my collector's item. Yeah. I sell it to the – what's that collector's store in the mall? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'd get like a solid $1,000 for it. <laughs> so I think that would be great. Is Gotti still alive? No, nah, he died. He died. Okay. He died. So, uh, you know, as you can see, the majority of cases I've picked, it's a more of a benefit to me than anything. It's, yeah. But I, I think it would be kind of cool to do that. And hey, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was this guy was proven guilty. Though. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Anyway, All I don't right. condone any of the crimes, but it would be kind of cool to be a part of that case. Oh, yeah. And right. a lot safer to be on the <laughs> Yeah. So my next case, I would represent the defense, too. I want to I represent Dr. Kevorkian. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Why? So Dr. Kevorkian the doctor that was famous for assisted suicide, people who were really, really sick, like life-threatening cancers, et cetera, other illnesses he would assist them in killing themselves. Um, so then have to go through all that torture and die with some dignity. Um, so most of the time, he used a machine where the, the uh, sick person would trigger it themselves. They would like hit a button, and then they, they, would, they would die. They would be administered some sort of drug. Um, so that was, that was legal, uh, because they're essentially killing themselves. It's not illegal to kill yourself. But... Doc- Dr. Kevorkian thought it should be legal even if someone administers it to you if, the, if that person consents. So he wanted to raise this issue of euthanasia and make it you know, make people more aware of it. So in in one of his cases, he actually administered the drug himself. Mm-hmm. So he had a court case on that, and he was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 10 to 25 years in prison. Yeah, it's very different than letting someone, uh, you know, refusing treatment and then... You know, letting them, die, you know, giving someone morphine. This is directly killing them. This is a lethal injection. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they consent to it, they don't want uh, to. I think this is just a fascinating issue. But yeah. you would want to represent him because you think what he did was right. I, I personally am. You know, I, I do. I do. I think. I think it's something that should be an option for people if they, if they choose to do it. Now the law is still the same, I think, in Michigan as far where this case happened, right? But but some, has, some, it, has some, it paved the way for changes in the law in other states? I don't know exactly, but some states do allow it. So some yeah. states will allow assisted suicide, right? Um, you know, if someone chooses that route. Look, as a, as we talked about before, being a prosecutor, when you go after Jerry Sandusky, you know you're in the right. Going after Kevorkian. You know that he broke the law according to Michigan law, but at the same point, I think it's more of a difficult question morally because you're going after a guy who's not killing because he's evil. He's killing because he wanted to help these people. Yeah. I mean, this is what these people wanted too. They they didn't want – 
either to go through the tortures of end of life or to have their families go through that and right. or they wanted to die with some dignity right. while they can still like talk to someone not lose their you know their mind is still with them um so it's an interesting issue i you know i can i can see different sides of it but you know, there's there's so many aspects to it like the religious moral aspect to it like Right. medical aspect to it like doctors take an oath to do no harm to people it's not an easy question no. it's definitely not easy and a lot of a lot of countries do allow this the united states yeah. is, you know well yeah. he he was convicted but i don't think he said he served his full sentence no he served only eight years because he got very sick towards the end of the right. sentence and he was re he was released in 2007 but there was actually a movie made about this like you know what i was saying before oh yeah al pacino played dr kevorkian i think it was in an hbo movie yeah um so I find I find this fascinating. Like yeah. it's just a, a doctor who felt strongly about this issue. Um, you know, I tend I tend to agree with him personally. Um, so I, it would be something that I would want to argue. Also, it's yeah. not an easy case to argue, yeah. and I don't think it was an easy case probably for a jury to hear. No, you know, I mean, it's a tough thing it's to a grapple moral with. Moral decision more than a legal decision. Yeah, and it's a tough thing to, to talk about because like suicide is very taboo. Yeah. Like you don't think that should be an option for anyone. Right. But, like, if someone is at that stage in their life, first of all, it's just a decision that they're making themselves. Yeah. Um, like, they need to obviously consent to it. But, you know, we do that with – we do with animals. We euthanize right. animals if they get to a certain stage. Yeah. I, I'm curious if there was a situation where his attorneys were like, listen, let's just take a plea deal here. You might get less than second-degree murder. And he and he probably maybe said, "I'm not doing that. I think I was right." So it'd be interesting representing him in that group. He just wanted to raise awareness for this, so yeah. he wanted to take in a plea deal. Yeah. yeah, but imagine having that conversation with he, him. He he. What happened was he actually sent the video of him administering the drug to 60 Minutes, mm -hmm. so so that he can get prosecuted. Right. Um, right. Right. He didn't. He didn't need to do this. They could have just killed, used the right. machine that killed himself. Yeah. Um, so really interesting case. Okay, that was a that's a good one. Um, yeah. All right, we've come to the last one. Obviously, we could go to a million cases, but I think we all know where we're going. So on the count of three, Andrew, let's all say which case we'd both love to be a part of. On the count of three, one, two, three. OJ. OJ. <laughs> How could we not be a part of the biggest case of the century? OJ Simpson. Let me start. Obviously, this is the case where he was uh, on trial for the murder of uh, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. He was acquitted. We have, I, you know, didn't know the details. We all know the details. Question is, yeah. would you rather be the prosecution or the defense? Uh, so, I'll say first off that I I do either. I'd okay, be, but I probably would would. No, I, I, part either way, of, you're getting an SNL character. Part of part of me leans to the defense because I want to know, I want to know if he actually did it. Okay, that, but, but, but so I, funny. I thought the same. But thing. I don't think he's going to tell me no, as no, no, his no, attorney. No, no. Even okay, so <laughs> under the law, if he tells you he did it, yeah. you can know that information. You, you can just can't. It. You just can't lie to the court. You can't say he didn't do it when you know that he did it. You just have to say the prosecution can't meet their burden. Yeah. But. By all accounts, that if you've watched the uh, the special, the made the FX special, he always denied it, denied it, denied it. But I'm pretty good at reading people. All right? I'm pretty good at reading people. So if he told me I didn't do it, I think I would know. Here, watch. Okay, you tell me three things. Tell me three things. One of them is true, and the other two are false, and I'll be able to tell you. So take two truths and a lie. Fine. Yeah, two truths. <laughs> and a lie. That's what I mean. Sorry. Okay. Reverse that. Okay. Let me just think for a second. 
I'm looking right into your soul. This is me looking at OJ right now. Andrew, you're OJ right now. I'm staring at you. Um, you're sweating. I know you did it. Okay. All right. Okay, here we go. Two truths and a lie. Yeah, my birthday right. is November 15th. I eat the shells of peanuts, and I eat the shells of sunflower seeds. Two truths and a lie? Yeah, one's a lie. <laughs> it's not your birthday. Yeah, I think that was an easy one. Cause like the, Do you see uh, that? That was an easy one. OJ, you're so lucky <laughs> I didn't represent OJ you. OJ is so screwed. You're so lucky I didn't do this. And uh, so that's one. I, I mean, we would love to know. I mean, I think he did it, but it would be great to know if he actually did it. Yeah, I don't think – you, would, you can feel him out, but I don't think he would tell you, honestly. I would see right through him. Right, I would okay. know. But also, <laughs> after you represent him, you can get any case you've ever wanted. Yes. You represent any high-profile celebrity, any high-profile case. Your bankroll would be amazing. You'd be making it a terrific living. Uh, your name would be a household name. You yeah. get your own SNL character. Again. Which attorney would you have wanted to been on the defense team? I mean, obviously, it would have been great to be Johnny Cochran. Yeah. He became a house. I mean, everybody knows him and his famous line, the glove don't fit, yeah, you must have quit. quit. Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant. It's yeah. it's what they teach in law school. Yeah. It's This case became a phenomenon for a reason. So how would you not want to be a part of that defense team? Can you imagine being a part of that defense team? No. Yeah, I mean, it would be amazing. But being part of the prosecution, they, I mean... They thought they had him dead to rights. Yeah, they were going after him. So it would be interesting to be a prosecution too. But gotta, I mean, the defense. I there. think the defense is probably more interesting in that scenario. I mean, you're working with like a football, fam- a famous football athlete. Yeah, the the most t- talked about covered case ever in history. Yeah, and, and, I, yeah. and I, you would be a part of that. And I want to know what happened. And a, and a team of other lawyers around you who are just all stars. Yeah. OJ had the all star team. Yeah. yeah. And, and they all became, uh, again, so prominent. It's like today, I think the equivalent is Jose Baez, who represented Casey Anthony and he represented um, Aaron, Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. When there's a big high profile case, you call him. I think at one point he was about to represent Harvey Weinstein. It's like those kind of cases that make you. It's what you, if you love to be a lawyer, if you want to be a litigator, you want to be a trial attorney, you want to be a criminal defense attorney, it's those kind of cases you're looking for to get you out there. Yeah. They're not doing yellow page ads anymore. No. So that I obviously would love to be a part of that. Love to be in front of Judge Ito. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's it. I think Mike Myers played Judge Ito. Did he? Yeah. I don't know why I remember this random <laughs> knowledge. So anyway, those are the cases. Um, hey, if you guys out there are interested and want to tell us what cases you would like to represent, I mean, what cases you know you want to be a part of, or DM us at Guys Who Law Instagram. Guys who love Twitter, at Guys yeah. who love Facebook, just send us a message on social media. Write us. We'd Write love us. to hear it. Maybe we'll read it on the next podcast and yeah. we'll talk, talk about it. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening. See you next week.